Hi, this is Rob Warlow from Business Loan Services and welcome to the Business Finance Bulletin Extra podcast. Yes, a series of extra podcasts that we do in addition to my weekly Business Finance Bulletin. And um, in this extra podcast, I'm continuing this short series um, featuring four interviews that I did with Theo van Dort all around raising finance and dealing with banks. So here I am with the third of those interviews. Now, in the first two episodes, um, we looked at, in episode one, why it's important to write a business plan, and in episode two, how to write an effective business plan. So here we are with the third interview, and in this chat with Teo, I talk about the seven reasons why your bank would say no. Now, it's really important to understand what these seven reasons are in order to avoid you getting that all-too-fateful no. So let's go to that interview now. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back. It's Theo Van Dort in the studio with Rob Wallow from Business Loan Services. Now, we know that there are business owners out there who are struggling to get finance. And um, perhaps some of you watching this have tried to get finance from the bank and you have been knocked back and they have actually said no to you. And Rob's going to explain to us now the circumstances that usually occur, which is why they say no. Um, so, Rob, thank you very much for sharing this information with us. So Tom? why are so many businesses refused finance from your experience? There's a whole host of reasons. If we look at the, some of the, the key numbers, if we go back to the um, very beginning of the, of the credit crunch, uh, nearly every application was refused at the very early days. But as we've started coming out of that and um, the economy is now much more improved, we're looking at about 60% of startups are being refused finance. So startups are always the ones that will get the largest number of no's just because they're just more riskier. Yeah. The banks just seize, you know, there's no track record here. It's difficult to really understand uh, how you're going to get to where you want to be. And so the no is, is very much more uh, larger than mature businesses. The mature businesses are looking about 30 to 35% of them get no's. Oh, it's still so a it's, high percentage. It is. Yeah. It's still, it still is high. Um, is there an ideal number? I don't know, mm. but the more that business owners can do to understand the bank's thought process and the better prepared they are, mm. which is really what we kind of do at Business Loan Services and also what we're trying to do in this series of videos as well, is to get business owners better educated. And there's no better way of understanding what makes that elusive, that answer there. Yes. Yeah. This is the key thing that many business owners get. So what we want to try and do now is to get people to understand well, why do banks say no? Okay, so I guess in this, the old adage forewarned is forearmed really comes mm. to play. Mm. So, so what are the top reasons that people do get turned down for finance? Okay. Well, in my experience, I've boiled it down to about seven key reasons as to why banks say no. Uh, if you understand this, then you're going to be well on the way to try and turning that answer into a yes. Mm. I think the first thing um, that uh, people need to understand is the one reason why banks say no, they don't have enough information. It's just, it's just like everything that we have in life. If we have no information in front of us, yeah. then we're going to be very risk-averse and we're just going to say no. And it's exactly the same with the bank. Um, during my career, and even today now working with business owners, they get a, a bit surprised when they say, well, what have you got that I can take to the bank. And so, well, you know, we can have a chat for an hour or so. Well, yeah, we need a lot more information than mm. that. So it's really going back to the first two videos that we did earlier about business plans. You cannot go into a meeting with the bank with just the information here or the proverbial, my plan is on the back of an envelope. Yeah, It doesn't work. It doesn't set you up as being a serious business owner. Um, and you're not going to get the bank manager on side if he's got to do 
all of the work, all of the legwork, trying to pull all the information together for your business. Yeah. So if you to get over this first uh, problem, why you got to know, which is not having enough information, sit down, write the business plan, and revisit um, the videos that we've done previously. Get hold of the free ebook that I mentioned in the last video. Yeah. Um, or buy your book, Loan Sharp. Or, or buy the book, Loan Sharp, as well, which will get you that understanding. But there should be no excuse for going into meeting a bank manager with no information at all, because you'll only get one answer, and that would be that no. Okay, all right. Mm. What's your second reason? Second reason, then, is financial information, with its being out of date. Now, see, um, many business owners, particularly if they're limited companies, so they've got a nine-month period in which to file their accounts at company's house. Mm. Okay. I see too many business owners who are almost waiting until the last minute to file. So let's assume your year end is on the 31st of January. You've got up until the end of September of the following year to file. The number of business owners that I would go in and round about January, uh, July, August time, mm. still really having done nothing. Right. And then suddenly the deal of a lifetime comes up where they go to the bank and say, I've got an opportunity to buy a piece of kit that's ideal for my business, yeah. or I've got a chance to buy a competitor. And this has happened to me numerous times where you say, okay, great. I think I can see why this would be a great um, strategic fit for your business or why you need this piece of kit. Mm. Superb. Let's go and then put this deal together. Where do your accounts? And then it's just long pause. <laughs> and they say, well, I haven't actually been to the accountant yet. Yeah. And I say, well, okay, we're down tools because there's nothing I can do. Because here we are in the August, your year end was December, okay? But yeah. in reality, it's a further 12 months before that was when the last full set of accounts were done. Yeah. So there's been eight over 18 months of trading that's happened. Um, because they, they need to be at a company's house because then they're, yeah, they they become solid. Yeah. So we've got to think from a bank's point of view, uh, banks work on numbers. Mm. Now, many business owners don't, but bankers get off on numbers. Yeah. There's nothing they like better than getting the calculator out and, da, 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 and analyzing a set of accounts. But they can't do that if the information is old and out of date. Right. Because we know the business environment changes all the time. And so you have to be bang up to date with that. And similarly, then, even if you've got your audited accounts up to date, then you have to have regular manager information as well. Um, that means monthly accounts and quarterly accounts which is much more up-to-date. Okay. And if somebody does struggle to keep their financial arrangements up-to-date, what sort of steps can they take to improve that process? Right. I think the key thing is to think about outsourcing your account function. Um, as I said before, many business owners you know, don't like number crunching. It's not why they were in business. It's yeah. not as if they woke up on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock and said, do you know what? I really want to sit down and send invoices out, chase invoices, and reconcile my bank account. I know. I'll start oh, a can't business. Be, can't beat a bit of reconciliation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. So it's like all things in business. Um, if you don't get excited by it and yeah. it's not your skill set, then get rid of it. Mm. Because bookkeeping tends to be the thing that most business owners will do at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And that's when the mistakes happen or it doesn't get done at all. And again, if that information is not ready for when that deal of a lifetime comes, mm. then you've lost the opportunity. So to answer your question, I'm I outsourcing it. Find a good bookkeeper. Mm. There are a lot of people out there um, who will just come in uh, once a week or twice a week, whatever it may be, yeah. do all your invoicing, put everything together and prepare monthly or quarterly accounts. And even if you're not looking to get financed, you know, surely in, the, in any normal business environment, you should want to know what your business is doing. Mm. You need to know, 
are you making money or not? Yeah. That's why we're doing it at the end of the day. So if it's not your skill set, get somebody else to do it. So get this right. Get your audited accounting to the accountant on time. Get your manager information up to date. Then you'll overcome this objection. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned earlier that different banks are interested in loaning for different sectors. Mm. Um, so what sectors are more challenging to get yeah. loans or to borrow finance? Mm. Well, so that's the, the next, it is about being in the wrong sector. What we've got to understand is that all banks are different. Um, whilst they're all there, in for, uh, there to make money and they do that via lending, then there are some sectors banks like and some sectors banks don't like. Mm. So not all banks are the same. So what you've got to understand, first of all, before you go to your bank, is to just to suss out for them, are you lending to the sector that I'm in? Because sometimes they may say no. And if that's the case, then you know that this is not the bank for you. They may wonder, well, okay, on what circumstances then would banks say they don't like one sector and they do like another? Traditionally, why they wouldn't look at a particular sector would be that they don't like the inherent risks in that industry. Um, so they will just turn around and say, we're not into that sector. Okay. Mm. And, and is there, is there, is there, does credit come into this? Will they, will they check on your credit score? And- yes. Yeah. I mean, w- one of the reasons why on, on the sector side as well, was they look at your credit score because industries particularly have poor credit scores related to them. So if we looked at oh, so for the, example, so the industry rather yeah, than the individual, yeah, okay. and industries because they would look at it and say, typically the risk in that sector from a credit perspective is very high. So if we look at it, if we were to go run down a list of sectors that banks don't like, uh, pubs, uh, clubs, hotels. In fact, it's probably be quicker if we just list the ones that they do like. Because <laughs> the list would be less. <laughs> yeah, but, but pubs, clubs, hotels restaurants, speculative property development. Mm. You know, all of these, those are the kind of key sectors that banks really don't like. Yeah. So those are the ones that if you're in that sector, it's worth you picking the phone up to the bank and saying, okay, guys, are you into this or not? Because there will be other providers out there. It just may not be the bank that you're particularly with. Right. So you mentioned that about credit. Um, that is um, a- another reason why banks would say no then is your poor your individual credit history so you're right from a sector perspective they may not like it but then from a personal point of view as well you know we all build up a credit history both from a business perspective and also an individual history as well mm. that's interesting if you're looking to borrow anything below twenty five thousand pounds and you're a sole trader or a partnership Almost exclusively below £25,000, a bank will make a decision purely based on your credit file. Right. It's the computer says no syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Um, Below 25000 it's not worth banks putting individuals like you or I in charge of the process. It's it's not cost effective. So they will rely on a credit history. And so there are some statistics that that show that anything from £25,000 and below, 59% of applications get rejected because the credit history was poor. 59%. Yep. So okay. nearly 60% of applications will get declined yep. without you even knowing it because the bank just looks online, looks at the publicly available information mm. and just say no. Now, the kind of things then that will negatively impact on your credit history, late payments on your credits, uh, credit cards yeah, yeah, um, or even defaults, yeah. late payments and defaults on loans, even... Small things like telephone 
mobile phone contracts. I remember a case where um, um, a friend, he wasn't really a client because he only wanted to raise 10 grand, came to me and said, Rob, I don't understand why my bank has said no. All I wanted was £10,000. Mm. And they've said no. And he said, the thing that I don't understand is I'm not, I don't borrow any money. I don't have a mortgage. Um, I don't have any personal loans. I don't have any leasing commitments on a car. This is the first loan I've ever gone for and I've been declined. What's the problem? So he said, right, okay, let's, let's get a hold of your credit report. And we had a look, and on his credit report there was a default on a mobile phone contract four years previously. Now, it was the default he didn't know about it because he just changed providers. Right. But he left literally only four or five pounds unpaid. But that accumulated, and it was still only about a £10 default, but telephone companies were very, very quick at putting a default and registering against you. And he had no clue of that. So when you add together the fact that he had had no borrowing, that's actually a bad sign. Yeah, because there's no history. There's no history. That's that's the key word here, there's a history. Right. He didn't prove, couldn't prove to anybody that he was worthy to lend to. Okay. He'd never lent before. So can people get hold of their credit file if they want to find out, you know, whether they've got any of those things? I would advocate. If you want to get how oh, you're sitting here today and you're not sure what your credit file is, you can go to Experian, Equifax and Call Credit and you can go online and you can get hold of your credit report for just £2. The government has set a statutory limit because they want everybody to have access to their file. You should have a look at it because you never know what is registered against you like yeah. my, my colleague did, had no clue. So just for £2, go online, order it, and just see what is there. If there would are you suggest, default, sorry, to go to all three of those, or will one of them do? You can go to all three because each of them tap into different sources. So I would at least go to two out of the three, but okay. hey, for £2. Just so it's a bit lot. of due diligence for yourself, yeah. really, then. Yeah, because the bank are going to look at this file, so... They know what's coming, so you need to know as well. And if there's a mistake on a file, and it can happen, mm. then at least you can go into the bank and say, oh, by the way, when you access my credit file, you're going to see this. Here's the history. I had an argument with a supplier, um, and here's the correspondence I went with it. So it wasn't a default that I couldn't pay. Yeah. It's a fact that I didn't want to pay. Right. And we went to court and whatever it may be. Oh, so being open and transparent, yeah. again, it's another tick in the objections box. Correct, yeah. yeah. But as I said, the credit history for lower value um, loans is becoming more prominent. So this is key for anybody. It's just to make sure that your bank accounts are in order, that you may at least make the minimum payments on your credit cards. So set up a monthly standing order. Yeah. Just for the, what you think would be the minimum payment every month. Yeah. So in case you on holiday when your payments are due, you can't forget it. Yeah. Because the standing order's gone out. Okay. So we've covered not enough information. Mm. Out of date accounts, being yeah. in the wrong sector that the bank just necessarily doesn't want to lend to at that moment. Mm. We've talked about credit history. Reason yeah. five, what's that? Next one, no security to offer. We mentioned this in the in the video on, on business plans. Now, at the end of the day, the banks are in the managing risk game. Mm. So they really want to make sure that they protect themselves, that if you fall over, how am I going to get my money back? It's the bank's get-me-out-of-jail card. Despite what many people think, your banks don't want to repossess properties. It's not in their interest. It's expensive. From a reputation point of view, it's not a good thing to be done. It's not what they want. But it's a good sign, as I mentioned in the previous video, how serious you are. Okay? So if you... You've got a sizable business and it's been going two, three years or so. The bank's going to want security. And if you turn around and you say you have nothing to offer, the chances are you won't have a very long discussion after that. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah. So it, it came back to that thing, if you can put your home on the line and mm. you're, you're trusting yourself, you're backing yourself, you're saying, oh, this is going to work. Yeah. There is one little trick um, that banks aren't particularly open about. They don't really promote it much. Mm. And that's something called the Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme. Now, as we record this today, that scheme is still up and running. It's called EFG. So go to your favorite search engine, just put Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme in, and they'll, you'll come up then with what the scheme is about. Essentially, it's designed for people who have got a good, profitable, robust business. Yeah. The bank likes it. But the only thing that is stopping the bank saying yes is this. Mm. So the governments, when the credit crunch happened, realized that potentially there were good businesses which weren't getting the finance that they needed because they didn't have the security. So the government turned around and said, well, tell you what, to unblock this blockage that is now in the system, tell you what, Mr. Banker, we will, as the government, we will give you a guarantee that if that business fails and fails to pay back, we will repay you, Mr. Bank, 75% of the value of the loan. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's, it's still not really well known, but it's a great scheme. So it's just there to give the bank some extra comfort. Now, the thing to remember is, though, as a business owner, it doesn't get off you off the hook totally because for the bank to claim on the government, it has to prove that it's turned you upside down, held you by the ankles, <laughs> and shaken you to make sure every single penny has come out before they can go to the government. Right. But it's there as a great scheme where you can show that I literally have no security, but there's a great business here, and the government will step in. That's okay. a good thing to know. All right. What's reason six? Mm. So the reason six, then, you didn't come across very well. Like a clown. Like a clown. <laughs> I've seen it. I have seen it. At the end of the day, if you come across in the interview not but in a particularly professional way, I'm sorry, human nature kicks in. Yeah. Because the bank manager has to get his pen mm. um, or on the screen these days and type his name that he supports this request. Yeah. So he's got to be convinced that you can deliver on this. So you've got to make sure that you come across well. You can do all the prep. But it's the little things. I, I remember um, very early on in my lending career about one guy who came in to see me. He did have the great plan. It all read really well. Um, and when we were in the interview, um, I think he looked at me in that half hour at about twice, if not three times. That was it. What, no, eye of, no There was no eye contact at all. It was down on the table. It was on the floor. It was up there. It was up there. Yeah. Hardly ever did he glance at me. Now, how do you think that made me feel? Yeah. So there was a, a real example to me of why it's important that you've got to come across well. Mm. Your business plan could be all singing, all dancing and everything. But at the end of the day, you've got to deliver it. So what can you do to make sure you do come across well? You've just got to be professional. Know your business plan to start with. Mm. And this is why, I said in previous videos, why people should actually make an effort to write the business plan themselves. Mm. So me or my team can come in and do it, but you've got to own it. There's nothing more powerful than bank manager asking you a question and you turning around and saying, it's in the plan. If you turn to pages 15 or 20, I'm not sure quite where it is, but the answer is there. Yeah. Oh, hey, brilliant. Okay. He knows his onions. This guy knows his yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's being really sharp beforehand. Role play it. You know, if, if people are not used to those interview processes, sit down and ask somebody, listen, I want you to be a bank manager for the afternoon. Um, you know nothing about my business, just like the bank does. Here's the business plan. You read it. Yeah. You come up with the questions that you think, from a common sense perspective, yeah. you would want to know. And constructively criticise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then just be few, get comfortable a whole interview process and understand about you know, the willingness of being challenged, mm. being able to find the answers. So I would just 
get your research right, know your business, and role play it and practice it. First impressions, wear the right outfit, you know, dress, yes. the walk, talk the yes. talk. Don't wear the Bart Simpson socks that your kids bought you, you know, for Christmas. Well, yeah. Yeah. There are some people who will, who will say, you know, those things don't matter, and it yeah, makes yeah. you a little bit, yeah, I get that. So, yeah, but certainly dress the part and make it look professional. Yeah, fascinating. Mm. There's a great book by Malcolm Gladwell, Blink. I don't yes. know if you've read it, but yes. about people to make, instantaneous decisions on other people yes it is and you've got to make sure that you make yeah. the right decision even in this day of technology for the larger deals you've still got to convince the person across the table yeah. he's still got to be able to push that send button yeah. to go up it's to the, the whole no like trust thing isn't it yes. you've got to have the same thing with your with your bank manager yeah so that's the sixth reason what's the mm. seventh Sometimes you can get it wrong, but sometimes the bank doesn't, just doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've known many bank managers over the years, and you know that they, they will get something quick, and there's some guys who they won't get it as quickly. They won't be sharp there. Yeah. So you, you've got to take, you know, does the bank really understand my business? Mm. You can do everything else right. You could put the plan together, have the financial information, but for some reason you just don't click with the bank. Okay. And, and it can happen. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, even though banking has moved into the world of technology, it's still about relationships. Mm. And you still have to have a relationship with the bank manager that you can pick up the phone, at least talk to them. That relationship is so important. It's funny, only um, only two days ago I was with a bank manager and she was we were talking about this issue of relationship and how important it is. And she was, saying, she was walking down the street and she just got back into the office and had a text from a client and it said, the text said, was that a pasta you were eating or was that a sausage roll you were eating on the street? <laughs> and we were talking and she said, isn't that great that that client felt comfortable enough yeah. to send me that sort of text? Yes. So it just shows that relationship is still just as important today as it's always been. Yeah. And you can do little things as well. I mean, I, I know when I opened up a bank, I won't say which bank account I opened mm. it up with, but the lady, the bank manager in particular, she made the process very easy for me. She, you know what I did when I go back to the office, I went on to uh, the Hotel Chocolat website and I sent her a box of chocolates and she says, thanks so much for making yeah. that so easy for me. Yes. Because it's such simple things. But yeah. then I know that in the future, if I ring her up, I'm not just the bloke that she gave the application to, I'm the bloke that gave her a box mm. of chocolates that she gave yes. the application yeah. to. And it's little things that you can do it's all about relationships. Yeah, yeah it's you know, all things have changed and yet nothing has changed. Yeah. And that's why I say sometimes your bank won't get it. There won't be that connection between you, you and the bank manager. And if you've got a growing business, and a very growing businesses will need finance to support that growth, you have to have somebody on board, on your side, understanding you mm. and your business. If that's not the person, just move on. Yeah. Well, you mean change bank? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're usually stuck, aren't you, with the yes. one? So what options are available for people that then go through all of this, follow your, read your book, you mm. know, read your ebook, follow the information you're given step mm. by step, and this bank still say no? What yeah. other options are available? There's, there's a, lot, a, lot, a lot of options out there. I mean, especially since the credit crunch, um, you're going to have got crowdfunding and peer-to-peer lending are coming up very, very fast. Um, so you've got those options to go to. You've got asset finance providers. You've even got friends and families, or sometimes known as the three Fs, friends, families, and fools, <laughs> to, 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 give you, to give you money. So the options are out there. So it's a case really of understanding. If the bank has said no, it does not mean everyone's going to say no. There are other options out there for you. It's just a case of taking time out to go and research them. Okay. And at Business Loan Services, you, will, you can offer those advice? That's what we're there for to do is to try and make that whole process a lot easier and hunt out all of the alternatives. 
by when we will always go is first stop to existing bank, yeah. unless they've already said no by the time they come to us. But then there are lots of other, other providers out there that we can go to as well. Okay. So how do people get in touch with you if they want to? Yep. So we've got the uh, our website, businessloanservices.co.uk, and people just drop us an email at info at businessloanservices.co.uk. All right. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, Rob. Thank you very much for joining us and, yeah. and sharing your, your information. Now, there's one more video. What are we going to cover off in that one? Right. In the next one, then, we're really going to go in a bit of a deep dive looking. Here we've looked about why banks say no. So now we're going to flip it on the other side now to understand um, how, the, how they get to a yes. What is the assessment process that banks go through? What do they think about? So you can understand then how a bank manager thinks. So therefore, you can tailor your proposal document to exactly what he wants that's what we're going to go through it's been absolutely fascinating rob i hope you've got as much out of it as i have sitting here in this chair it's uh, given me lots of lots of ideas about next time i go and potential mistakes i may have made in the past <laughs> so uh, i hope that's had the same effect on you and we look forward to seeing you in the next video Thank you. So there we are. I hope you enjoyed that. Seven reasons why your bank should say no. Re-listen to it. Make sure you don't fall into those traps. So, as I said in the interview, look out for the next episode, the last in the series of four, when we'll be going through exactly the issues that banks look at when they're reviewing your loan request. Well, that's it for now. Hope you enjoyed it. As ever, if you do have a finance request you want to talk over with myself or the team, feel free, drop us a line, info at businessloanservices.co.uk or simply visit our website, businessloanservices.co.uk. That's it for now. Thanks very much for being with me. Keep an eye out for that next episode and also keep an eye out for the next episode of our Friday Business Finance Bulletin video and podcast. Cheers now. Bye-bye.